So is is everyone ready for an awesome word this morning? Just want to say that worship was phenomenal. You know, um, just was phenomenal. You know, I want to talk to you today about the power of my seed. And I want to pose the question to you. Are you farming or gardening? So keep that in mind. The power of my seed. The seed that I'm talking about is worship. So I, I want to ask another question. Got seed? It's the grains or the ripened ovules of plants used for sowing. Now I want to talk to you about the power of my seed. In my hand, I'm holding uh, spinach seeds. One of the things about a seed is it, it, it's powerful and it's strong, but it, you know, it, you really don't realize the strength until you open it and you actually use it and activate the strength that it has. And with that activation comes tilling and planting and sowing. So what seeds are we planting? We're planting seeds of worship. Well, what is worship? It's the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration or deity, which is God. With worship comes supplication, to humbly or earnestly call upon or to summon. And I don't know about you, but anytime I needed to summon someone or summon someone for something important, it never was for something like, hey, can you just come help me make my bed or something? It was for something extremely important. It's an emergency. Normally, when you summon someone or you call someone for something that important in your life, you look to the left or you look to the right of you, and it's normally no one around you who can really come your way to rescue you. It's normally Jesus. So supplication, with supplication, you call upon or you summon with the purpose. You realize that when you call upon him, you need a lifeline. And I just have this picture of a lifeline with... uh, When a baby, as she's being developed with her mom or his mom in the womb, they have that lifeline. With that lifeline comes nourishment, and then eventually that lifeline gets cut because once the baby's delivered, we cut the umbilical cord. And we realize that we need that lifeline, that it's so important that without it, we fall, we stumble. We realize that it's over without it. It's a call to action. A farmer understands this call. So many things takes place with a farmer that a farmer understands the importance of his seed. Now I want to ask you the question, are you a farmer or are you a gardener? A farmer, it's a lifestyle. He understands it's a lifestyle. A gardener is recreational, something he or she likes to do. A farmer understands the importance of the seed. It's everything to him. It's everything. Why? His food is in that seed. His family is in that seed. His future is in that seed. A gardener, he or she can afford to miss a season of planting because if he or she does not plant this year, well, 
we'll just wait till next year. Didn't feel like planting this year. A farmer understands the importance of that seed because everything is tied into it. And that's how we should be with our seed of worship. Because when we plant that seed of worship and when we till that seed of worship, we lift our hands and we enter in, we know that our family's in that seed. There's someone who we've been praying for and we're relying God to send in restoration. Our health is in that seed. We're entering, we're coming to him earnestly with our hands lifted up, with our mouth filled with praise, staying there, waiting for multiple things to be restored. A farmer understands that he cannot waste the opportunity of worship. A farmer knows that his worship today secures his tomorrow. He understands that when planning, while planning in one area, He'll reap in another. One of the things that I like about a farmer is a farmer, he will not allow you to just come on his land and just start taking things from him. A farmer will file bankruptcy to protect his property because he knows the things that he's planted, he will soon reap. The harvest will soon grow. And that's how we need to be with worship. When you plant in that seed of worship, not only do you plant it, but you have to till it. You're working at it. And a farmer versus a gardener, a gardener most of the time will plant in a certain square footage. Whereas a farmer has acres and acres and acres, which means he or she is not just planting in one location, constantly planting and planting and planting and planting. And while waiting for a harvest to come in this area. When he goes to the next area in his life, there's another harvest. What do you mean, Lefty? While we're in worship and we're planting the worship and we're expecting God to do certain things in our life, we're bringing everything to him. We're not just planting one seed. We're not just planting one thing in a certain area of our life. We're giving everything to him. And while we're still waiting for restoration with our children, if you look up, God has given you the harvest of something else. And then we be thankful for that and we send more worship to it and keep tilling it. And then we look up and there's another harvest in another area of our life, such as finances or health or adding to the church. As I said, a farmer knows that his worship today secures tomorrow. Ecclesiastics 3, 1 through 2 says... There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, which is a time to reap. So we have to realize and understand that while planting, a harvest will come, but we have to wait on it. And sometimes waiting is not that easy. Sometimes waiting it's even uncomfortable. But when we understand that it's a part of his plan, when we understand that as we push forward to stay in the area of planning and tilling, ultimately we'll reap a what? A harvest. A farmer understands the seasons while planting in one area, like I said, he is tilling in another and reaping a harvest in another, all according to the seeds and seasons. The seeds of worship 
creates your harvest. And actually, before I explain this, this uh, clip right here, I want you to just watch this quick video. Can you just rewind it back for me, Al? So we realize that God made a farmer. We're all farmers. One of the things that I really liked about that video was he said he looked up and he realized that the son wanted to do what the father did. I'm going to get complicated very quickly, and I promise you I'll explain it if you let me break it down for you. Pediatrics of duplication equals imitation. When you think about pediatrics, you're talking about um, a, a, a doctor who works with kids. We're all our children in God's eyes, right? So if we take the pediatrics, if we come with the care for the children, meaning all of us in here as well as younger children, and duplicate what it is that God wants us to do is he wants our all. He wants our worship. He wants it all and he wants it today. It will create imitation because people will begin to see what you're doing and children to see what you're doing and they'll want to do it. They want to imitate it. You're looking at a, a, a tree of fruit, a six foot five tree of, <laughs> tree of fruit. But 31 years ago, I was just a seed. I was just like that spinach package. I remember getting up three o'clock in the morning just to go to the bathroom and I'd find my mother, single parent mom of eight of us, kneel in the living room in prayer, three o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm not saying right away I wanted to do what mom did, but the older I got, I had these pictures in my head that my mom always knew how to come back to the lifeline. Those things are important. Remember being in bed, waking up, it would scare me. I look up and she's standing over me. I'm like, ah, oh, what are you doing? Nothing. Go back to sleep, son. Just thought I'd pray over you. She was planting something. But what she was planting was something that 31 years later, she had no clue it'd be a part of something that was bigger than herself. She had no clue it'd take 31 years for her to reap a harvest. Not only, what I like about a harvest is once the tree grows up, it has what? Vines. So it has endless fruit. Endless fruit. And the seeds that we sow into our family members, the seeds that we sow into our children, it multiplies. 
And you'll get a chance to be a grandfather. You'll get a chance to be a grandmother, a great-grandmother, a great-grandfather. And you'll see that harvest because you'll see the seeds that you've sowed into your children. It's coming back through your grandchildren. You're seeing how they're tied up in ministry and they're tied up in worship and they're learning little songs. They're coming home from the great Sunday school classes that we have here and they're singing the little songs or they're bringing pictures that they've created and want you to just hang it up. You begin to see the fruit of your labor. And it's important that we remember how to not just plant it, but to till it. Because you may say, well, I've planted that years ago. Have you come back to work on it? Have we come back just to make sure that we've gone over it, watered it? All of these, all of these things are extremely important when we talk about seeds of worship because we reap a harvest. One of the things that I admire is I admire Dave. When you talk about, when you talk about, because I'm coaching at the high school, so I have a chance of being with Ethan all the time. Not just here, but all the time. And, and some of the things he say from meeting with, he's a, he's a good blend of, of Megan and, and Dave. I don't know which, brain, which brainiac side he, he gets it from. <laughs> oh, that's you. <laughs> but uh, we'll sit there and even in, even in, even in uh, pop talk or in Sunday school, he'll say something that's just like, I'm like, wow. You ask a question from teaching the lesson and he's like, he has to answer immediately. Even Chloe, you know, or Grant, they'll say something. And I think I shared this with Wayne and Tish before. I'm like, you know, you, you guys are really so, you really, you can tell where is, where is the planning coming from. And not that, I'm not saying that to say that everybody else isn't doing that. It's just, I just, wow, you know. Sometimes we're, in, sometimes we're in practice and I'll say, or we're in a game and I'll say, man, we shot this or we shot that. And he'll say, actually, that percentage is 32 point whatever percent. I'm like, thank you, Ethan. <laughs> he pulls it right out. But it's all a part of the way that you push them and how you grow them. And if we're ever going to get to a place corporately where we can say, you know what, I know that I've, I've, I've done my job. The scripture says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart. So you may say, well, I've planted the seed and, and, and I'm still getting, I'm, my son or daughter is still giving me this issue. I'm still having these problems. You just keep sowing into it. You keep tealing. Because eventually, I promise you, you'll see the change. But the change starts with us and it's entering in, in worship. Because in worship... I think I've said this before. He speaks peace to your fears. He reassures you that I got you. This storm won't last always. It'll be over in just a little while. You just keep pressing and you just keep pushing. And knowing that I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. But you got to take me out of this little box. Take me out of the box. Take me out of this little small square footage. And give me acres to work with. Give me acres. Not only that. Don't come this year and say, you know what, I don't feel like planting tomatoes this year. I'll wait till next year. Just didn't feel like doing it. Plant even when you don't feel like it. 
Lift your hands and tell them thank you, even when you don't feel like it. Because most of the time, if I'm laying in bed in the midnight hour and I can't sleep like I did last night, I'll get up and I'll just come straight into worship. And most of the time, if any of you have ever woke up in the midnight hour and you really just couldn't sleep, you're really frustrated, like, come on, man. Come on, I just need this rest. And then when you finally get to sleep, that alarm go off and you're like, are you serious? I just closed my eyes. How many of you have ever been there? <laughs> All right? Take that time. That's an opportunity for worship. If you don't kneel at the side of your bed for it, lay in the bed. And it got to start somewhere, right? God, I just thank you. I just want to pray over my children now. I just want to pray over my church family. I thank you. All of the kids that has been adding on to the ministry as of late. It's been amazing. Lord, I remember a few years ago when it was like this or it was like that. Look at your grace. Look at your goodness. You'd be surprised. But it's not only in the planting. It's in the tilling. Because when we plant and when we till, we will, we will reap a harvest. Because we have power in our, in our seed. And that seed is in worship. I challenge you today, if there's anything that, that you have need of, whatever it may be, it starts with a seed. Most people hear a message, the power of my seed, they think of probably prosperity. Or someone's getting ready to preach a message on you sow and you reap. And yes, that's true. But I promise you, if you sow into worship, you'll reap a harvest. Things will begin to happen that you just, you, you can't even begin to understand why. Because eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. It has not even entered into the heart of man the plans of what God has for you. But it starts with a seed. Do we have a seed today? Do we have a seed of worship in us? Do we have it in our heart? So it goes from our heart and into our hand and out of our mouth. You can't get caught up with emotions on your worship because worship is not an emotion. It's a feeling inside of here that comes out of your spirit. A well that's deep and never runs dry. It comes up and it overflows. And before you know it, the tears are flowing. Before you know it, the hands goes up. Before you know it, the person next to you, it'll affect the row. And next thing you know, the seed that you've planted in your seat has entered the row into the back of the sanctuary. And before you know it, the, the, the spirit have come in and it's overflowed like a roaring wind. And we're like, wow. Father, I thank you for the seed of worship. All I have, I give unto thee. Because when I give it back to you, he multiplies it and gives me back a harvest. And I'm saying, wow, all it took was a seed to get a big old fruit tree with branches, multiple fruit. And one thing I like about it is once, once you're able to plant something such as a type of tree, fruit tree, when it grows, it's, it's always there. You might have to prune it, right? But eventually, when it's back in season, you get another harvest. What are you saying, Lefty? I'm challenging you not just to plant the seed of worship. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember two weeks ago, I talked to you about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable to be comfortable. Did I just confuse you? <laughs> Thank, 
Thank you. So that's what I want to do. And, and I, I want to do something else, which I probably get in trouble for, but that's okay. I want to, I want to call John up and I want him, if it's okay with him, and I hope he comes, to just actually finish up about what I'm talking about because he knows what I'm talking. We've talked about worship before, he and I. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. What are some ways? Make sense of what you just said? Yeah, what are some. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what are some ways? What, is, what are some ways we can. Sure, there you go. Thirsty. What are some other ways we can, we can plant, into, plant into our seeds of, of worship or our seeds of, of, of things of need to reap a, a huge harvest? Worship, um, very often you can talk about worship and, and you can uh, try and force people to do something. Worship is a response. The Greek word for worship is proskunio, which means to kiss. Have any of you been kissed? Some not for a while, never mind. <laughs> a kiss is often a response. And so... If you're really going to actually plant worship, you have to um, see Jesus. You have to see the one who loves you first. Because worship is always a response. It's not a duty, it's a response. And so the, the best way to really cultivate worship is to, and I'm going to talk about this actually next week, is, is see the love and experience the love of God for yourself, personally. And sometimes that means you have to say, how do you know God? How do you know His love? Um, because that's where it all actually sits. It's hard to worship if you feel condemned. It's hard to worship if you feel guilty. It's hard to worship if you don't trust. It's hard to worship if you're bored out of your tree. It's hard to worship if you're not in relationship. And the biggest struggle many of us have over time is that God is angry, God is displeased with you, and God is against you, not for you. And the, the, the biggest key I found in worship is, is as you said earlier, um, I used to say to God, well, if you want me to work, you know, lift my hands, you can lift my hands. And he said, why should I? And as I actually gave him the physical act of raising my hands, something broke in my heart. Um, but ultimately, you know, I was in a church um, on Sunday. I walked around Trafalgar Square and I went to the back of a church called St. Martin's in the Fields, which is known for its choir. And they were going through this formal Anglican service. Um, and it was depressing, really. Because it was, a, it was an act of worship in the sense of it was the... the, the the songs were being sung and a, a very boring sermon was being given. And so the components were there, but the passion wasn't there. So in ultimate, it was one of those, if I've got to kiss you, I guess I'll kiss you. <laughs> but there wasn't any life in it. And, and many of us have experienced that. You, you know, there's, there's, there's no life in it. 
And so the only way to find life is to find the relationship that brings life. And so we as a church are responsible to say, how can we make God real? How can God's life be present among us so that we have something to respond to? And that's a process. Anyway, I won't go on. Oh, that's good. That's good. See, when he talks, I just feel the need to just be quiet. That's good. No, I, 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 said, to, I said to him uh, when I first came, I said, man, six months of this, I'll just be on another level. You guys have this, had this for a while. I've only been here three months. Hey, this shut is, up now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, no, but I mean, all of these things are very important because we, we're talking about planning. And if you're ever going to transition yourself to see a harvest, you have to become a farmer. But it's hard to see yourself as a farmer if you don't feel loved or you feel condemned. Am I right? Well, I think, I think there's an element before you farm, you clear the field. Oh, that's good. Good and God you Almighty. Feed, you know, you, you that's weed, a word. That's, that's it, good. You, you weed it. And so often we come along and say, oh, God can't use me because I'm full of rocks and the weeds are everywhere. And he says, yes, I can. Just let me weed you. Ooh. And so there's an element of, you see, God loves us. So a farmer doesn't come into land and just start farming. He's got to prepare the field. And the first thing God does with all of us is say, I see you beyond where you see yourself. I, I see what you can become, and I'm going to help you become that. Religion says, you're not what this should be, so therefore you should be this and you should be that. And you can't worship when you feel condemned and accused. A lot of religion accuses. And God has come as a savior to bring relationship and say, let's work this out together. Let's, you see this land? You see how overgrown it is? You see how absolutely a mess your life is? Well, guess what? I love you. That's the first thing. Now let's work on this. Because I'm not condemning you. And something in you as you hear acceptance and non-condemnation non will rise up and begin. You mean there's hope? You mean you love me anyway? And he says, yeah. Never had a problem with that. And something begins to be released in you that says, maybe there is a future for me. And that is the beginning of worship. Where in the midst of all my, there's no other word but crap, there is hope. And when you hear God's voice speaking to you saying, let's go, something rises up and goes, all right. And worship is a response to being loved by a father who loves you more than anybody else. God's much nicer than anybody else you'll ever meet. So you can't be in his presence. I mean, can you see? I've got some suntan. You can see that? <laughs> I worked hard for it. I just stood in the sun. Uh, I don't work hard for it. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> That's not fair. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Black isn't always beautiful, man. Hey, I, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear. That's right. No, but, but what the point is that being in the presence of the sun produces something. And worship comes, is, is that effortless. It comes out of being in the presence. And we need one another to help us experience that. So the best way is just to go, I want more. Or oh, what on earth are you talking about? Man? And the cool uh, thing, I'm sorry, the cool thing about that is 
just like the tan, how you can tell he's, he's been out in the sun. It's just like that. When you plant the seed of worship, people begin to see that difference as well. Yeah. Like, oh, man, John, you, you, it's a glow. you're glowing. It's a glow about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if pe- people begin to see, they begin to see the harvest. And oftentimes, people see it before we do. Like if you ever went on a diet, I don't, I, which I need to. You do. Uh, yeah. Talk to yeah, you. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Me, me, and, me and Dave talked about running and on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but if you ever went on a diet, and and you don't always feel like you lost weight, but people will see you who haven't seen you in a while, and I'll say, "Man, your face or your neck," and you just, "Huh? Did I?" You know. So I said that to say, people will see. They'll see it. They'll see the harvest often before you will. All you have to do is, is like he said, that was amazing. I never even thought of that. That was awesome. You got to clear the field before you can even. <laughs> but can we, can we, can we just stand and, 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 and just, uh, what time is it? It's time to stop. It's about time to stop. But yeah. carry on. No, if it's time. <laughs> what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I've been away a little too long. Okay. Oh, no, no. What this do you is, want to do? I just wanted, if it was possible, for the worship team that is here, could we just sing a piece of that other song that, that, that we did? Which song? The uh, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here? Yeah. 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 If we could just sing a piece of it, because I'm sure, like he said, it's time to go. But if we can just enter in with it, that would be, like, amazing. Is that, is that okay? Okay.